Hello and welcome to Polyhedron, your multifaceted podcast for everything RPG related. I am your host, Matthew, and unfortunately, I don't have one of my other co-hosts. Ryan's not here this week, but I still have Scott. Hey, Scott. Hey, I'm in my box. I can't. You're in your cyberpunk dystopia box. I am. I love virtual backgrounds. They're so cool. <laughs> they, you can have a lot of fun yeah, with them. You can have a lot of fun with yep. them, you know. Um, but anyways, you've already seen the title of this episode, so we're not going to waste too much time. But Scott, how's your gaming been? Oh, my gaming's been pretty good. Uh, you know, just um, wrapping up uh, D&D probably in the next one or two sessions. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, depending on what, what you guys deal with and how things go with the, the big final fight, uh, and wrap up and the like. That last fight was gnarly. Um, yeah, it was pretty gnarly. It was rough. It was, um, like, so reading the adventure, I'm like, wow, well, this is, they, they just expect you to barrel through. I'm like, how, <laughs> how are you supposed to do this? So I have to like add places for you guys to get a rest in every now and then. Um, I mean, because otherwise you'll just get fucking trolled by the end. To, to be fair, I think based on how that was go, you do deal with one little thing, have a short rest, deal with another thing, deal with the short rest. And you're and if you don't expend too much stuff, you're okay. You're fine. Yeah. But one of our party members aggroed like the entire area and just brought all mm, the mobs yeah. to us and we're like well this is our life now for the next three yeah, hours you guys had to had to do some rough shit with some uh some aberrations and the like yeah uh but that was fun um still trying to get blood covenant wrapped up uh the last session <laughs> and actually uh i did a lot of work on the uh season one content good this weekend uh, it's amazing how much you you lose from an audio file when you like trim it up and make it good. I'm like, so it's it's gone down from 14 episodes to 11 episodes. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, well, you know, I just wow, this is really short. So I guess I need to take this part from the beginning and put it at the end and yeah. move everything around and and we'll see. Yeah. It, it might it might go down even even later. Yeah, um, it, even audio later. editing. If anyone's ever done it, you know that you could take like something that's 45 minutes and it's now 20 minutes. If there's a lot of space mm-hmm. or there's a lot of back and forth that you don't want in there, if you want to make it yeah, nice and yeah. tight, that that will definitely do it. Indeed. So that'll be fun. That'll be fun when that gets yep. uh, gets sorted. Yep. Um, and other than that, uh, let's see. I'm playing your Scion game, playing uh, in Crystal Strahd, uh with Ryan and Murphy, and yeah, I think that's about it. Yeah. Um, gaming. It's been all right. Yeah. I'm I'm kind of in a lull for computer games to play. I am too. Um, Agreed. I uh, I'm waiting on the big patch for Cyberpunk to pick it back up and and start doing stuff in that again. Uh, I might. I don't know. I don't know when I'll play. I've got plenty of games that I could be playing. Just none of them have have like really grabbed me. Uh, I'll, that, I'll have a comment about that, but I'll go into my gaming. Uh, pretty much more of the same. I'm running my Scion game, which is great, which is fine. Good group of people. I'm interested to see where that goes. Um, yeah, most of my other gaming has been pretty regular. We're back on Mad Mage. We took a little bit of a sort of a holiday break. We're back on it. Sure. It's getting weirder. And if Ryan was here, he would be able to attest to this. Uh, we're having to deal with get Yankee under red dragons. It's awesome. Oh shit. Yeah. Uh, and as for computer gaming and stuff, uh, very similar. I've actually like reinstalled bloodborne and like star Wars <laughs> to fall in order. Cause I was like, I want something to play, but there's nothing new out that I'm like, I, I think all this will really get me. So yeah, I, 
I I actually reinstalled Jedi Fallen Order myself, and uh, I was like, I, I tooled around with it. I'm like, yeah, unless I want to restart this, yeah, there's not much left to do. Like, I could like go on secret hunting, but I don't wanna. Like, I have to. Uh, I went into Fallen Order, started with, like a new game plus, but I was like, on my first playthrough, I have like 98% done. Like, there's yeah, like four yeah. trophies or something silly that I have to get that would. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't really want to play this. Also. Going playing Sekiro and then going back to Fallen Order, you're like, oh, Fallen Order is not a tight of combat system as Sekiro is. Like, you actually legit see. Eh, I don't. I don't really. I don't go in for the Souls type Souls like games. Yeah, I know. I know. Like, I liked Fallen Order because it was Star Wars and it wasn't like super punishing. No, no, no. Um. So yeah, I picked up uh, Squadrons, which is the new X-wing Tie Fighter game. Mm-hmm. Uh, which that's fun. I'm mean, just I I need to put more time into it. Um, like I said, I've got a bunch of different games. Like I'm I'm working on a couple of like platformers and and the yeah. like. But it, it's just nothing's really really grabbed yeah. me since uh Agreed. last couple of games I played. Yeah. But anyways, so our gaming's been pretty normal, pretty good, nothing revelatory. So we're gonna go right onto the news. Um, it's actually really a couple cool things have come out. Um, first of all, we got our March D and D release. Something something Candlekeep. Yeah, Candlekeep Mysteries. It is the March 16th release. It's essentially like 17 odd adventures spanning between 1 and 16 that are like plug and play things that you can do mysteries for your PCs to go through. Mm-hmm. Which I'm like, oh, that's cool. And what's really neat about this is that they've gotten like an author for almost every adventure. So there's like mm-hmm. 17 new sort of like in the industry freelancers that have sort of been called in to do this. So that's cool. I'm, I may or may not pick that up, like depending on if like there's an author that I really like, or if, you know, some of them sound cool, I'll probably like pick up the roll 20 version of it just to like have them. Yeah. 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 Totally. Um, and like, so I can, like if I'm running a game again, I can throw it in, in somewhere. Yeah, totally. I, I'm, I, I actually know one of the authors, like he used to, he, we and him used to LARP together back in the day. Yeah. So I'm actually going to probably talk a little bit more about that when it comes around. Sure. Um, yeah, no, we'll talk about that. Yeah. I'm annoyed about that though, Why? because it is yet another forgotten realm setting. Game. <laughs> and God damn it. Wizards stop teasing me with the cool shit. Yeah. Just fucking fucking say what you're gonna do. Just fucking say it. Yeah. Let me know. Problem is they they've got God like dang a it, the problem is they've got like a year and a half lead time on their books. I know, but god dang it, wizards. <laughs> god damn, I want my spell jammer. I want my spell jammers. I want, I want my planescapes. I got I got I got me feelings about the lady of pain, you know? <laughs> yeah. I gotta got resolve my my romantic inclination. Yeah, that's true. Oh, oh, that's that is the roughest romantic inclinations well you know big go big or go home yeah that is true i'm fair enough um in other news what i will be a little bit more close to home mcdm studios has officially released their online magazine essentially for 5e it's called arcadia and what they've done is they have a grouping they're going to do three issues and they are very tightly produced online magazines not like zines actual full like multi-page sort of pdfs Mm -hmm. that you can either go on their website for seven bucks and get it or if you're a patron of five or more dollars you can get their issues and basically they just have content curated content from people from all over sort of the freelance sphere and have put it in there um and this is sort of like 
something they wanted to do because Matt Koval, the uh, the gentleman who runs MCDM Studios, is basically like, I miss the day where we had Dragon Magazine or we had all mm-hmm. of these RPG exclusive magazines and obviously printing like actual print magazines is is a no go. It's a non starter. They're dead. It's dead. It's dead. But he was like, "Why don't, why don't we try something online?" And they're gonna really get mm-hmm. feedback on this. They're doing three issues, and they're like, "All right, let's see how well it goes." And if we get really good feedback and stuff, we'll do we'll do something later on where we'll do more of these. But we want to like make a curated thing. I'm like, "Oh, that's cool. I need to sit down, buy it, and and read over it." Just to see what they. Sure, do. that sounds cool. Yep, yeah, it's very cool. Uh, what else? Gaming news. Do do do. We are uh, we 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 patiently await. Uh, the aberrant got uh, yes 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 to, to a final final version. Yep yep yep. Uh, so we're patiently awaiting that. Yep. Uh, and other other good stuff. Hopefully, is coming down the pipe from them as well. Yeah. Um, I have got the final PDF for aberrant. I have di- digested a lot of it. We're going to probably have a very big deep dive at some point soon. Sure. Um, well, we should really we should really dig into the mechanics. Yes, of that. we should. We've, we've talked about the aberrant setting to death. Yeah. Um, but we should really dig into the mechanics of that one and really, really give it a good give, let let you and Ryan have a good talk about that while I nod, <laughs> and, <laughs> nod sagely, like and I, agree mostly and say, yeah, okay, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, from very, very quickly, it's like from what I've seen, a lot of clarification, a lot of updated. Mm-hmm. It, it it looks like it's it's they took the feedback to heart, all the good feedback, and we're like, this mm-hmm. is what we need to clarify, and they're going to do that moving forward. But we got other a lot of other books coming down the line from Onyx oh, yeah. Path. And uh, speaking of which, I think it's time we get into the interview. Indeed. Indeed. So here you go. Take a drink, Matthew. It's fine. There's I know. no judgment here. <laughs> I know. I, well, yeah, you there's say a little bit of judgment here. He'll, he'll get it on the back end. Yes. It's coming I, from Neil. It's not, it's not oh, from yeah. me. That's just something people who, who are judging you silently say. Mm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, Neil and Danielle, thank you for coming on to the show. Really appreciate it. Good. Thanks for having us. Really glad to be here. If you guys have seen the title of the show, you know what we're going to be talking about. But since it's been a minute since Neil and Danielle have been on the show, I want them to take a moment and explain who they are and what they do. Okay. Uh, Hi, I'm Danielle Lozon, and I am a developer over at Onyx Path Publishing. I do a lot of work uh, freelancing and development, and I develop my kind of my wheelhouse right now is the systems developer for the Trinity Continuum line, but I also develop some stuff for Scion, which we'll talk about today, and also some other games. I'm also the Requiem developer, and I work for other companies freelance as well, so not just Onyx Path, but you know, we're here for Onyx Path stuff right now. She's a woman of the world. That's all I'm going to say. International developer of mystery. If you <laughs> listen to the I'm, Onyx Path. On yeah, that needs to go on your website. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Neil, what about you, good sir? Uh, my name is Neil Raymond Price. I've loved polyhedrons and really most platonic solids for most of my life. What I really like about polyhedrons is the convex kind. It's a special case of a polytope. <laughs> With the additional property that it's also a convex set, that's really cool to me. So I'm really excited to talk about that today. That's what this- right, I'm. I'm here for it. This is what this is about now. Okay, yep. throw everything out. We're we're good on. Let's talk about talking math. Yeah. Are we talking about magical math? All right, let's yeah. do it. <laughs> hey, uh, I'm 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 down for some magical math. I I like doing it in my role play. All right, games. so we've got two products coming out. We've got Euclidean and non-Euclidean. 
Uh, you're not wrong, you actually. <laughs> you're not. You're not wrong. Uh, but but yeah, to to more seriously answer, I'm also a freelance writer and developer. Uh, I do most of my work with Onyx Path, um, and in Onyx Path, I am the Scion lead developer. And I say lead because uh, it, rather than a pure line developer where I'm the boss of people, I'm more of a, a sort of guide, a keeper of the lore, and a first among equals among many of the other talented developers that are work on Scion, Danielle included. Mm, cool. That's that's an interesting way of doing it. Cool. Thank you very much. Well, what we're here to talk about today, it's pretty interesting because uh, Onyx Path is doing something unique with this Kickstarter in that you're kind of pushing two books at the same time on the same Kickstarter. Uh, which is interesting. And from what I understand, and I'm not going to hold you too much to it, but like you can buy one book or both books. It doesn't matter. You pick and choose as you see fit. Um, but the two books, we have Scion Dragons and Scion Mask and Mythos, uh, which are very interesting. And I'd like to get sort of elevator pitch from both of you what these things are, what dragons and what mask is. I'll take dragons because that's mm. uh, since I developed it. Um <clears throat> So uh, in Dragon, you're playing the child of a literal dragon called an heir. And instead of being a hero who follows this kind of set path that's been put before you because you're, uh, you know, the fates have de decreed or you have this legend that you're living up to or you're taking on the mantle of a god or ascending to godhood, instead you are... Uh, an agent of a group of individuals, these dragons, who have been up until very recently in the shadows and kind of hiding and have just now decided to start making moves overtly in the world, but not by themselves. Instead, they are using you as an agent. So you are, for lack of a better term, shadow uh, undercover agents in this kind of shadow war that dragons are, are waging. And you don't necessarily know what you're doing or even who your parent is, um, but you are kind of pulled into this, uh, this you know, kind of manipulation and you're, you're trying to figure everything out as you go. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Very cool. Yeah, I like it because... <clears throat> Because you're playing capital D dragon, like a big, big dragon. Yeah. And, but it, I can see it in my head of like the chess pieces on a board playing right. out over aeons of time. I, I believe the technical term was big fuck off dragon. Big fuck off dragon, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and what about Mask of the Mythos? What's the pitch on that one? Sure. The pitch is pretty simple. Great old ones in the world of Scion. Since Scion first edition, uh, people have been asking, can we have Cthulhu in there? Or how how would a Zeus versus Cthulhu matchup go? And I'm like, why is it always Cthulhu? There's a whole bunch of them. Yeah, they're all terrible. Like, yeah, I stand the archetype. There's uh, there's dec <laughs> there's decades worth of HP Lovecraft inspired games that have brought people into the world of gaming itself, and a lot of them branch out and find these other games, but they still want to see Cthulhu and they still want to see uh, the mythos in their games, and so. Um, so, Mass of the Mythos is not just about putting the great old ones in your game, um, but it's about recasting a world of divinity and humanity in the lens of cosmic horror, where you exist in an uncaring universe. And the great old ones dwarf even the gods themselves, um, but in the world of Scion, they are expressed through a sort of divine frequency. So they manifest 
you know, as gods, and they can choose scions um, and choose purviews that are are darkened or corrupted instead. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, I the moment I heard about masks that was on the sort of the docket for scion, I was like, oh, how could they do this? And I started just like just postulating and just coming up with cool ideas. And so I'm very eager. Um, we're probably going to talk a lot about masks in this episode because you guys, uh, because Danielle recently, you were on the Onyx Pathcast and you guys yes. talked a lot about dragons. Um, right. So definitely link in the show notes. If you guys want to know a lot more detail about dragons, head on over there, listen to that. No problems, but we're probably going to focus a little bit more on masks. All right. So let's get started. So, how do uh so <laughs> one of the interesting things i think that, that first came up when i thought about scion and trying to interject the the lovecraftian mythos and all of his contemporaries is like well a you have spawn or do you have how do you have like essentially um was it not created it's the actual born the born ones versus like the created or the chosen or the incarnated? Like, how does that work for the Chthonic pantheon? So, um, for the most part, uh, and I should say I'm not the developer of this book. My good friend Chris Spivey is, uh, you may know him as uh, the developer of Harlem Unbound. He was a major writer on Cthulhu Confidential, and he created his own game called Haunted West, uh, all of which deal with the mythos in different ways, in different time periods. Mm. Um, and he, I was very happy to get him on board for Scion. Uh, he, he wrote on the core books of Scion, and so he, he's sort of immersed in that world. Um, so to answer your question more directly, how do Scions work? Uh, most of them are chosen mm -hmm. um, because the, the stars align or some sort of quirk in a mortal's fate makes them resonate with one of the great old ones. Um, similarly, sometimes the great old ones can create, you know, a, a scion directly, usually with more inhuman features. Um, but, and I don't mean, I don't mean like, like, I mean, human like tentacles and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. In mouth look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In terms of, in terms of born scions though, they're rare, but they do occur. Um, if you read a lot of the HP Lovecraft stories or you read some of the sort of, supplemental fiction that's been published over the years. You sometimes have the great old ones possessing a particular person or creating an avatar mm -hmm. uh, that comes down. And when that occurs, they can, they can make scions. Mm -hmm. um, usually those, those experiences, those incarnations are very short lived and volatile as you know, but uh, that's, that's their window of opportunity. Um, and Danielle, you wrote, you're going to be, you've written some stuff for mask, right? Correct. That's correct. Yes. What did you have a hand in, if you can tell us? Sure, I could tell you in general. I can't, like, clearly you can't just read the book to you or anything. Um, <laughs> uh, but I wrote uh, I wrote some of the mechanics, uh, the, like, new mechanics that you'll see specific to the mythos. Um, so there's some uh, interesting stuff about how... Um, how the, the... How being a mythos scion is a little different than being a... Uh, a, a, a normal scion and how uh, especially fate gets kind of a little corrupted and warped when it interacts with uh, the, the, you know, the kind of world bending force of the mythos and in mm. that kind of like mind fucky way. Um, so 
you know, there's some, there's some ways in which, you know, these, these scions who are, you know, I guess dark scions for lack of a better term, these mythos scions can actually uh, corrupt people's fates um, and, and corrupt their fate bindings. Um, and they can also become fate bound to the mythos itself instead of to normal fate. Uh, and so I wrote some stuff about that. Ooh, neat. Um, Dual fates. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then I also wrote, uh, there's a lot of setting material in like how the, the different, essentially we wrote um, kind of a, not a travelogue, but like a little bit of the, you know, introducing the, the Lovecraftian areas, locations, uh, you know, Arkham, Insmith, uh, you know, places like that into the the setting into the world because otherwise they don't really exist because they don't exist in our world right. um so i wrote insmith and i wrote i wrote <laughs> i know i wrote insmith uh <laughs> it's okay <laughs> Well, it's it's something you cannot know, so you know. Yeah, it's just, it's just like it was it was a while ago, and I've slept since then. Yeah, <laughs> I wrote it. I know, guys. I wrote it. I just don't remember any of it. I don't even know where it is. It is better not to know. <laughs> but yeah, as as per the the accord, I cannot remember many of the things I've written. Um, so yeah, but uh, I also worked on one of the elder gods. Um, who has a different name because uh, he was actually never named in the mythos. Hmm. So uh, Gloon is a name that comes from uh, actually like the Call of Cthulhu game, um, but is was never actually named in the Cthulhu mythos. Interesting. Hmm. Um, he was he shows up in a single story, um, but like many of Lovecraft's like uh, unknowable horrors. It was just a, an entity, a being that was like underwater and like, didn't get a name. It was just, it just, you know, it was there. It did a thing. It was just there. It <laughs> did a thing. And that was it. And so I got to give a, a God a name, which was kind of fun. Neat question. Like in general, how many are written up or obviously probably some of the major players are there. You probably have Cthulhu, Neurothotep. You probably have Shubnikaroth, and does does Athazoth get a name, or does he a part of this, or is he just too big for the setting? Oh, I think he's a part of it. I think he gets a write up. Um, I don't yeah. remember the full list of write ups at the moment, but there's about thirteen of them. Ooh. Yeah, I, I was gonna say there's more than ten, but nice. I don't remember exactly the number. So you mentioned uh, that the the old ones manifest as gods in, the, in sort of the Scion paradigm. So what's their what would be their relationship with the Titans? In, mm, in that. Good question. Uh, they they don't have one because they they aren't properly gods, um, mm -hmm. and they're not gods in the sense um, uh, of how Scion treats gods, who are sort of intrinsically tied to the world, and rewrite certain elements of the world's reality whenever they ascend to apotheosis or whenever major parts of their legend changes. Um, the the great old ones exist outside of outside of fate, outside of reality essentially of reality yeah and it's not so much that they like i said it's not so much that they are gods in the world of scion just that divinity is the only way that these beings can express themselves on a human scale it's i like to use it, it uh, divinity is their metaphor that's yeah. how they interact can communicate um because like oh because they literally sound like more like an literally an alien species mm -hmm. trying to come to earth but earth has different rules that they're used to so they're like well it looks like we just have to 
operate like this yeah. in this paradigm or doesn't work. Yeah, but we, we, I mean, we definitely still really focus on the cosmic horror aspect of, of Lovecraft. Mm -hmm. um, these beings have noticed humanity, but the, as the saying goes, uh, whom the gods notice, they destroy. Yeah. Um, so. so that actually leads me to a good question. Anyone can answer this, obviously. What's sort of the central tension if if a scion in a normal game is like i have a legend i have a parentage or some sort of legacy that i am sort of like being upheld to and i will eventually grow in power and i will eventually assuming you apotheosize into a god and become part of a pantheon what's the central sort of journey of one of these dark scions one of these chthonic scions L lose your mind eat the rest of your band <laughs> nice it's a sort of a race against sanity, as it were. Uh, I mean, we yeah, we 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 were very careful um, uh, with with the concept of, of damage sanity in there yeah. and the concept of those things. I think any modern game really has to be if any if any game takes mental health seriously and takes um, that concept you know seriously. I don't think we, I think we largely shied away from from calling something insane mm -hmm. or calling something like that and. Um, played up the the level of unreality that there oh, yeah. is like when you're dealing with these beings that you know the the human comprehension is simply not good enough mm. um and it you know it, it contact with these beings damages you on a spiritual level mm -hmm. um so i think part of the game is about finding really the balance between uh the human part of you that exists as a scion and the damaging uh, destructive element that you bring to the world. Interesting. So a, a, a dark hero, as it were, if you want to go that sort of nominal route. Yeah, even tight, even Titans can be um, creative as well as destructive. Prometheus is a great example of that. Um, and you can find ways as a Titanic scion to help with humanity and to and to do that sort of thing, but. As a mythos scion, you're you're sort of corrupting everything around you, and you're mm -hmm. breaking it down and breaking down reality and the people around you. And like Danielle said, you're corrupting fate just by existing within it. Um, Interesting. Yeah. So do you is that that seems pretty um, harsh? I would say the word is. Um, um, so do you imagine a lot of people will be just playing mythos only characters or is there room for someone to be in a, in a band with other scions? There's definitely room. HP uh, Lovecraft's uh, stories often reference gods, mm -hmm. usually in reference to um, usually in reference to uh, some element of the, the mythos. Um, Lilith is one, although we have to tread very carefully around that because of um it, and make and make sure she's closer to the, the Babylonian roots rather than the Jewish roots. Mm -hmm. um, it's also like the uh, if I remember correctly, Lovecraft talked a lot about in his contemporaries talked a lot of the dreamlands. That's where you start talking a lot about gods and other things that aren't inherently hostile. Um, so yeah, no, the indigenous peoples of Australia, um, you know, would often would often trust you know an outsider with with some sort of religious knowledge or some sort of you know, spirit of curiosity thing. And then that person would go tell a whole bunch of people. And that's how we know as much as we do. Mm -hmm. But because of that, they're, you know, they and many other uh, indigenous folks are very reluctant to share their myths. Oh, yeah. 
I can understand so, that. And that's, and that's fine. I, I mean, I, I am, I'm never going to write a Pantheon and I'm never going to let anyone write a Pantheon um, unless we have buy-in from the culture that that Pantheon talks about. Or, you know, I, I do kind of, I do kind of like, eh, if the culture doesn't properly exist anymore, like mm-hmm. the ancient, ancient Egyptians. Sure. Like there's, there's, there's Egyptians now. There's no ancient Egyptians. Right. right. We, like, uh, I think from remember reading, it's like, we may not even know what ancient Egyptians looked like, like because of the many, many years. They uh, looked, they looked mostly like actual Egyptians, I think from, from genetic testing, but it, also Egypt was extremely cosmopolitan. Yes, it was. Like mm-hmm. Ramses the second looked like me. He had a, he had a nose and he had red hair right. and, a, and a high forehead. And um, there was that big controversy about Gal Gadot being cast as Cleopatra. And I was like, well, if you really want to cast someone as Cleopatra, you should, cla- you should cast a Greek woman uh, who is dating an Italian guy. <laughs> like, right. 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 I mean, yeah. She yeah. needs to be dating an Italian guy. That's very important to her. Uh, so, so back, uh, back to Scion world. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So obviously the mythos people are going to have this sort of fraught, uh, but, but hopefully workable relationship with, with other Scions and, and divinities. Uh, is there any sort of connectivity between, uh, uh mythos Scions and, and the world of dragon? Like, do they play together at all? I mean, they can. Uh, so, uh, so one of the things about Scion that I think is really cool and neat is the concept that everything is true. All myths Mm -hmm. are true. So if, you know, you have a culture or a religion that believes in a way that the world was created in a way that the rivers and the oceans and that mountain over there was created and all of that is true. And then, you know, on the other side of that mountain, maybe a different culture that has a belief of how that mountain came to be and how all their rivers and everything came to be and that it's completely different, but also true. And while those things may seem at odds with each other, uh, they're, they're not in the way that Scion works because it is all true and the way that fate works and, and all of that stuff. So if, you know, Matt, if, if you're running a game of, you know, origin hero and there are no mythos gods, then that's true. But if you're running a game utilizing masks of the mythos and there are mythos gods, that is also true. Mm-hmm. And so therefore, if there are dragons there, that's also true. And so you can, it's very modular. So you can put all or any or none of these pieces into your game um, and at any level you want. So if you want a singular um, great old one who from the mythos kind of pantheon, as we have dubbed it, uh, to be meddling in an uh, in an unknowable way in the affairs of your scions lives then do that and if you also want at the same time for a dragon to be meddling in the lives of your scions lives then do that as well and you know if you want to run a mixed band of heirs and mythos scions and scions then go for it just be aware at the beginning this stuff is modular. You can put p- pieces in and out. And as long as it serves your story, I think go for it. Oh, yeah. And the way you've already introduced both dragons and masks, um, they, as you said, is very modular because these are relatively subtle and rarer forces than scions. And so right. it's like, oh, no, no, something weird's going on. Or don't pay attention to that. It's fine. It's fine. Nothing weird's going on <laughs> over there. Right. But, or a mysterious package shows up on your doorstep. And you're like, 
oh, what's this? That kind of stuff. Like you can you can put as much or as little as much or as little as you want into the whole mix and still have a fine game involving right. all of that. Yep. Um, can you using can you just use masks alone like by itself and not worry about the rest of the other scion stuff or is it pretty tied in? So you need uh, to be able to utilize the masks of the mythos book and the materials, you need at least the origin and hero because okay. they are scions. And so they may have a couple of, uh, their callings may look a little different, but they function similarly. Um, they may have an extra, you know, an extra knack available, but hmm. really you're using the, the purviews and the callings and the mechanics and all that stuff from hero because they are scions, but you're using the setting and the, you know, a little extra stuff from the mythos book. Uh, so you could run an entirely, uh, you know, mythos oriented mythos scion game um, that doesn't have anything to do with scion hero heroes at all. You could absolutely okay. do that. Um, but you do need those books, unfortunately, because, you know, we don't want to reprint a whole bunch of Scion rules when there's literally a whole book full of them. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's the whole point of like having these sort of like connected books of like, oh, here are the rules. And then here's specific. If you want to play this type of game, get this other book. You'll, you'll right. be fine. You don't need every book. You don't need every book, nor do you need just one book. You can right. get what you want. Uh, my question, Danielle, about sort of like the books and the mechanics, how did you guys, if you want to give us a little taste, how did you guys emulate the cosmic horror nature with the Scion rules? Essentially, there is a new boon that is available for Mythoscions uh, for each purview. Mm -hmm. So as an example of what their uh, what their I guess kind of uh, nature their you know, kind of corrupted nature may look like. Um, and they use what is called awareness uh, instead of legend. Ooh, like it. Um, and, and it's, you know, how, how aware they are of the gods in their lives. And, and, and when I say gods, I mean the, the mythos itself. Mm -hmm. um, it is effectively their legend but instead of you know being these legendary heroes they're more in the vein of a lot of uh you know mythos games where your your characters are more like investigators who are either trying to understand overcome or protect against the mythos your mythos scions are kind of fulfilling that role as well um so they have this kind of, I don't know if it's still called awareness, Neil, you may be able to correct me on that. That's what we were calling it for a hot minute. Um, no, it's still called awareness. We never okay. found a better name. Um, so, uh, so yeah, that awareness is, is what kind of fuels them. And the, the more aware they become of the mythos, of course, the more like tied into it, they become. Um, and, and unfortunately at that point, also the more uh, bound to their, their, you know, chthonic 
progenitor they become as well. Um, So it's kind of that dual edge of, oh, yes, I am gaining more power, but being more powerful in this sense is not necessarily a good thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But it but it does give me cool powers. (laughs) So do they do they go on are, are are they built to go like on the the hero demigod god track or are they going to burn out way before that i think i think they get to demigod um and but they don't become elder creatures on their own um so i have a feeling that they're not really suited to make it all the way to god okay um but there's there's very specific uh, things you have to do to go from demigod to god that yeah. I that Neil knows and I'm only kind of vaguely aware of. <laughs> we've talked about it, but every time we've talked about it, I feel like I understand mm. it less and less. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I back demigod, so I'm I'm kind of aware of what they're playing with. It's pretty interesting, actually. Uh, I'll I'll give you the fi- I'll give you the 15 second version. Um, there's a, a series of essential plot milestones that you need to hit. Uh, on the journey, on, on the journey from uh, demigod to god, um, it's a hero's journey. I want to stress it's not the hero's journey, um, but it's a hero's journey. And uh, the hero's journey is good as for inspiration because it provides like these nice, discrete milestones and events that you can kind of check off. And so once you get through all of those, you become a god. Uh, and assuming you did it successfully, um, it's as it's as simple as that. Cool. It would. My only uh, supposition, based on that, if you were to apply that to masks, would be, yeah, that's the dude. That's like the the big bad evil guy that you want to stop. Is the guy trying to do the steps in the Chthonic pantheon to ascend to apotheosis? You're like, oh no, now we have to deal with another one of these things. So it's like, mm-mm, you need to stop that. I like the awareness. I like that idea. Is that as they become more aware, as they as they their awareness grants them power, but in that awareness, their attention, the attention is, other things are becoming aware of them. It reminds me a little of Al Hazard in like writing the Necronomicon because he went through this entire like arc of story of who he was before he's writing it, during his process of learning about it and then writing it and then what happened to him and the book afterwards that is like this big part of sort of a meta plot if you will of the lovecraftian mythos uh, which i find interesting so i think you may have like hit it that sweet spot uh, as far as design goes in that one of the other things we really wanted to stress in mass of the mythos is traditional what, what people associate with traditional cthulhu gaming and that's that um story path the engine that powers scion um, divides uh, itself into what's called the three areas of action. And they roughly correspond to, to kind of a combat situation and, and physical challenges. Uh, intrigue, um, which, is, uh, which, which is more social. And then, or is intrigue the, the investigative I one? think procedural is the investigation one. Yeah. 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 yeah Jesus Christ. I, I really <laughs> should know this much better. Um, Neil yes. Price, everyone. For, for a bunch of reasons. Sorry, to. For a bunch of reasons, I should know these you better. Sh- you really should. Danielle. <laughs> Intrigue is social. Mm-hmm. Procedural. Intrigue Procedural is, is investigation. Yeah. So we place uh, a much heavier focus on the procedural element. There's a couple new rules you can cool. use in there. Uh, I'm hoping that we can expand yep. those rules with some stretch goals down yep. the line. Uh, because you know, getting getting a nice juicy 
you know, storyteller investigative. I am awesome. very excited about that because I love the about the story path system because I uh, obviously I like Scion, but I really like the Trinity Continuum uh, stuff and like that whole section of of the procedural stuff is, is very juicy to me. So getting more of that makes me very happy. Yeah, he's he's playing. Mm-hmm. He, I'm running a game and he's in Scott's in it of a Scion game and he's he's kind of my investigator. He's my like mm-hmm. my lead investigator, so yeah. I'm very intrigued to read these and sort of like try to incorporate them into my game. So yeah, what I what I really like about the story path system and about the different lines for it is that as each new line comes up with uh, slightly different permutations and slightly different uh, slightly different system ideas, um, other lines are able to kind of import those and play around with them. Um, you know, it, it started even before StoryPath was published because I created the StoryPath system with a group of very talented writers for Scion and Danielle kind of took it and like made it for Trinity. And I looked at it and I was like, oh, that's a lot of these are a lot better. <laughs> so I ended up porting it back over to Scion. Um, and uh, the the collateral pool in Demigod, the, the thing that occurs when you're having big super powered fights came out of Aberrant. Yeah, I noticed that. Uh, so yeah. Uh, yeah, I remember reading the in the in the, demigod book i was like is that collateral that i'm reading i'm like reading it i'm like oh that's the collaterals from the aberrant stuff that totally fits in sort of yeah it's a little different but yes yeah yeah yeah, we yeah it's different because it fits in scion like one like a a collateral can have metaphysical Mm -hmm. repercussions like opening a opening a divine realm to a yeah, terror yeah, yeah. or something like that. Yeah, I, I I think that's a huge strength of the story path system, the fact that it can cross-pollinate uh, uh, about things that are different but can be ported over with very minimal tweaking. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very good. Um, I, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to this Kickstarter because I know we could spend the next four hours just talking about this. Cause I want to know everything I'm going to back masks uh, and probably dragons just so oh, yeah. I backed everything else for scion too. Um, <laughs> but I want to thank you guys very, very much for coming on. I appreciate it. Is there anything last things you want to talk about things you want to comment on before we get out of here? Um, I mean, you know, back the Kickstarter <laughs> um, <laughs> clearly, uh, you know, if you have questions, comments and stuff, you know, we'll have some, uh, some AMA kind of things I'm sure going on during the Kickstarter, we, you know, we're on our discord and we'll, you know, be able to try to answer questions, but, you know, I think people honestly, you know, if you're looking for something, if you're, if you're enjoying your core Scion game, which you, I hope you are, and you're looking for something new or interesting or elements and you don't want to like, Oh, well, I don't want to run a game where we're all errors. I don't want to change up my game. Like you don't need to, for this book to for the, both of these books to give you some really cool extra setting and fiddling information to introduce into your game. There's a lot in there that you can port into your running game mm-hmm. without bringing the whole thing over. And that's that kind of, like, as I was saying before, it's modular. And so, you know, don't feel like, oh no, this is, you know, oh man, if I buy the dragon book, it means I'm going to have to run a game of dragons. And I don't know that I have the time for that or, you know, oh, we're enjoying our Scion game. Like it's, it is still a supplement for Scion. And therefore it has information and in, in bits and bobs in there that will make your game of Scion better just by being able to introduce some bits from it. Absolutely. Yeah. You use what you want. That's basically, yes. uh, Neil, what about you? Anything last comments? Um, yeah, just to kind of play on what Danielle was saying, um, we, we really want to play up the modular nature 
of Scion and what, what we kind of term as Scion canon. Um, obviously, the core game is focused on uh, divinity and humanity and everything in between, but, um, you know, dragons are a sort of optional, uh, an optional module that you can tack onto it, similar to Mass of the Mythos. They're not meant to coexist, but if they do coexist, interesting <laughs> things will happen, and it really depends on what you want at your game. Yeah, and I'm, like I said, I'm looking forward to it. Where can people find you online? Obviously, I have a link in the show note for the Kickstarter. That's not going to be a problem. Uh, you can find me at uh, daniellozon.com. Um, I am also, uh, the links to all my social media stuff there, but, uh, Danielle is an author on Facebook or Impernius, uh, on Twitter. I uh, don't follow me on Twitter unless you just want to see the occasional shit post. Mm. Um, <laughs> and, and, by occasional, and by occasional, I mean like maybe once, twice a month at most. So like <laughs> I'm almost never use Twitter. It's, it's a cesspool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah. Uh, so if you want to find me in the cesspool, it's at Bert Neal, B-U-R-N-T-N-E-A-L-L. Um, I am soon to have a website, not not quite up yet, but once it is, yeah, I know, I'm very surprised, I man. So I, I'm a I, I'm very busy with with many many affairs of state. Yes. <laughs> yes. Are you wearing a bathrobe right now? I'm wearing a Jedi Knight bathrobe. Ah, that's even better. <laughs> He's very busy with states uh, with affairs of dark soap over there. Yeah. <laughs> Wearing a Jedi bathrobe. <laughs> podcast gold. Yep, <laughs> podcast gold. And with that, everyone, we'll talk to you everyone later. Again, thank you very much, Daniel Neil, for coming on. Go back that Kickstarter, guys, and go have yourself a good time. Thank you. Right, bye bye, everyone. Well, Scott, that was a pretty good. Like, you know. Honest path people, they're good people. And they make good stuff. Yeah, they're solid stuff. I'm gonna I I'm gonna back it like straight up. Yep, yep. Um I, I will I will look at the options and see what makes most sense for me. I'm I'm interested in dragon, but I really want to see how what they do with Mask of Mythos. Like that's really uh, what I'm interested in in that one. I from what they said, and as a little added bonus, when we were recording the interview and when we're recording right now, uh Chris Spivey went on Discord, the official Onyx Path Discord, and talked did like a little bit of a quick AMA on Mask of Mythos just to kind of feel some things out. I asked a couple questions and got some clarification. And a lot of the stuff that obviously Danielle and Neil said, he totally supports. It's it's mm-hmm. exactly that kind of stuff. His viewpoint on it, a lot of it is just like the main theme intention of Mask is like power at cost mm-hmm. and you deal with the things of the unknown that that's your job like that's your thing is you deal with the investigating and the handling of big scary terrible things yeah i am i am giddy to see what new investigation rules they have for mm-hmm. for story path uh because i like i said in the interview story path mechanics are easily convertible to other games Yes, yes, and yes, if yes. I And if I want to send my clairsentient down a rabbit hole of noetic hallucinatory nonsense, I I think I can probably pull something from Mask of Mythos to do that. Uh, absolutely. I'm, I'm willing uh, to bet that there's some some prime fuck with your, your, your clairsentient uh, material in that book. Yeah, I'm extremely interested of how they handle it because the whole point of like awareness and like it's sort of the idea that you're handling the things beyond the veil of reality and people can't relate to you. 
And like the stories you can tell with that are far more, in my mind, intriguing than mm -hmm. normal Scion because, well, you're playing in Scion, you're playing normal big hero, big damn heroes, or in Mythos, which they, Spivey clarified, they're called Mythos Scions. Mm -hmm. um, you, you're tragic. There is a tragedy, there's an edge to you without being overly dark that's like, you have a lot of shit to deal with. And so you need your friends to help you deal with it. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think that would be very interesting to see mixed. I think mixed games are going to be very interesting with that. Because mm -hmm. along the lines of like, if your storyteller, if your story guide wants to throw in some mythos shit and you're the guy that deals with that, like, and, and you're, you're, the rest of your band needs you around for that. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, they're all like, Jesus Christ, again? Again yeah. with the Shoggoths. Yeah. Dude, we can't keep covering this up. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, um, this is bad. This is this is real bad, guy. And it's like, uh, what I also want to see in the book is like, how do you handle if you, let's say, you do have Mythos stuff in your game, but you have no Mythos Scions. Yeah. You have normal Scions. It's like, okay, what happens to them? What impact does that have on them both normally, like a person, and metaphysically? Like, is there a, a dissonance there that they can't handle some of this stuff? I think it's I I think it's probably gonna be along the lines of you can you can handle it with with you know a shotgun and a lightning bolt. Like yeah. You might not be getting the right answer if you just go with the shotgun out in the middle. Like you might you you might put it down for a decade. Yeah. But that's it. And it'll come back stronger. Yeah, you can't handle the elder sign weirdness like to put it down. You can blow it up all you want, and that's great. You got a you got a boat and a Cthulhu. Mm -hmm. Okay, you're fine. But like you need really need somebody who's willing to take one for the team mm -hmm. in order to put this away permanently. I just um, imagine an interaction with like a, a normal scion and like communing with his God, like uh, some stuff has come up and this wasn't in the handbook. So maybe some <laughs> guidance on this. And then your God just all like, uh, yeah, um, I'm, I'm going through a tunnel. I'm sorry. I yeah, hey. Uh, my favorite is, um, uh, yeah, hey, hey, man, there's some weird shit going on. Do you know what's going on? He's like, what shit? I don't know what you're talking about. I can't see it. Yeah, you're, no, everything looks fine. Everything looks fine. And everyone's like, he puts down the God phone. He's like, hey, guys, we're some real trouble. Yeah, this, this is some shit. I think we might need to call that guy. <laughs> that, <laughs> that one guy that we that we said we'd just leave alone, I think we're going to nope. have to go talk to that guy. Uh, now that just makes me think of John Constantine. Yeah, yes, yes, very much. You pick up the John Constantine. Yeah, that's, that's when fucking Batman has to call up the Hellblazer. And, and yeah, it's uh, like this is beyond my pay grade. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I really enjoyed the interview. I'm obviously going to back Matt some miscos. There's a link in the show notes. Please give them their money, and at the very least, give them like five bucks. Get the manuscript. See what they're what what gas they're cooking with, mm -hmm. and then make a decision from there. But I'm looking. I think it'll be just fine. Yeah, no, great. sounds good. Yep. All right. From everyone here at Polyhedron, go where your fun is. Go roll some dice. Hello, everyone. Matthew here. If you enjoyed the show, you can always contact us at polyhedronpodcast at gmail.com, as well as at polyhedroncast on Twitter. And if you want to get in touch with me, I'm at Divis Melkab on Twitter. And I'm at Arduous, R-J-U-O-U-S on Twitter. And if you really want to show your support and get some extra content on the side, head on over to patreon.com slash polyhedron.